Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska, where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Thank you, Scott. Hello and welcome everybody to the Must Read Alaska show coming to you from somewhere in Alaska where it's starting to rain here in South Central Alaska. We are the best place in Alaska for conservative news, but we are standing up for your constitutional rights every single day and your freedoms here on the last frontier. Big day today. We, uh, we reached 100,000 comments on stories at mustreadalaska.com, and that is a really big number. So mustreadalaska.com has been alive and well for five years. And in those five years, I have personally approved 100,000 comments. So it is kind of a big deal because it actually takes a lot of time. And there are a lot of comments that, that do go through and, and a few that don't. And, it, and usually it's uh, name calling. And whenever somebody calls somebody a Nazi, they immediately go into the garbage can because there's no need for that. And I try to keep things civil there in the comment section. I really appreciate what other people do too. I sometimes make a mistake and approve a comment that is not in good taste, but uh, usually readers let me know and I go track them down and delete them. Appreciate that. And you can also find us there, of course, at mustreadalaska.com. We've had over, well over 18 million visitors, visitors to our website since we launched it. And John Quick is my co-host of this podcast that's been going on for over a year. And John, you're on the Kenai and you always have some interesting things to say. And are you, uh, are you there today? I am here today. Thanks so much, Suzanne. And uh, one other stat I like to always like to point out is we do have a partner, uh, Newsbreak, who has uh, owns the biggest news app on the iTunes and Android uh, stores, and we've had 26 million impressions with them, all of our articles in the last 12 months. So we're pretty excited about that. Um, it's a lot of people viewing our news from all over the world, which is pretty pretty awesome. And and we thank you for. Uh, checking us out no matter where you check us out at. So I am here on the Kenai yep. and, uh, you know, had had a little bit of a run-in this morning. Oh, and, no. Uh, That's I, not uh, good. Yeah, I uh, forgot my wallet in my wife's car. My wife is amazing, and she is uh, doing substitute teaching uh, uh, here uh, on the Kenai Peninsula. And so I had to run and go get my wallet from her car, and the car was locked, so I had to run into the school. And see if she could unlock it when she was already started her classroom. And as I was waiting to, to see if I could get the keys from her, a uh, unruly parent came in and uh, was starting to cause a ruckus because COVID this, COVID that. Well, they weren't too thrilled about certain policies that the school had or the school board really is the one who comes up with these policies and was cussing and screaming and literally yelling at the staff and and the staff at that particular school is i would say 90 percent female and this is a gentleman who was very no angry. no gentleman no 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 not a gentleman <laughs> this is a this is a, a boorish pig oh, yeah. okay go ahead yeah he was very angry and and uh and, and he was not gonna hear any sort of reasoning from any from anybody and so the there's one male at the school and i was sitting right there and we uh, kindly escorted this gentleman out of the building Ooh. and 
uh, on the way to his vehicle, this gentleman really was getting excited and wanted to fight the teacher that was with me. And, and you know, I'll say this for all the crap that teachers put up with. Uh, I personally really like our teachers out here in Nikiski. They're great teachers. Uh, I may not like the policy that the, that the school board comes up with, but they don't come up with the policies. They just have to enforce them as teachers. And so um, this guy was making no sense and wanted to get into a fist fight. And, and so I, I uh, uh, had to put myself between him and the teacher and, and ask him to leave in the uh, most nicest way I could without getting Ooh. into a fist fight. And uh, it could have very easily turned into a scuffle in the parking lot. Uh, but the teacher that was with me was, uh, they showed the utmost amount of professionalism. Imagine somebody screaming and spitting in your face and you being having the cool, common collectiveness to just keep asking this person to leave. That was the teachers today at the school. And so my applauding to them because they handled the situation really well, you know, those kind of things can go south fast, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, they sure can. Fights and or I, guns or, you know, the whole yeah. list of you know. Yeah, people are so emotional about this stuff, and I'm afraid that they've been watching CNN too much, and and they've uh, they've allowed themselves to sort of be infected with this mass hysteria. And a lot of people are starting to talk about this now. What is a sort of a, a Salem witch trial mass hysteria that's infected our entire country, and in some ways our entire world? And we'll be hearing about this in the future as the as people in the future look back on this time and wonder what the heck happened to us that we we fell for this so hard. Yeah, I would just say that my two cents of this whole experience is uh, give the teachers a break sometimes because they don't come up with the policies. The school boards do and the superintendents uh, do as well in some districts. And these, a lot of these teachers, not all of them, but a lot of them are just wanting to be in the classroom and teach, especially here on the Kenai Peninsula. And it's never a good thing to come in guns blazing with an attitude wanting to fist fight somebody. Uh, you're just never going to, uh, you're going to go out, uh, you know, handcuffed in a state trooper car is what's going to happen. Well, and really, actually, it goes for the same here in Anchorage and other places in the state. And even if, if people are just you know, if teachers are, are, are masked because they have to be masked, they may not want to, they may not want to mask the children, they're just trying to do their job, they're trying to teach, they're making the best of a bad situation. Of course, you don't have as many communist teachers down there as we have. So up here, it's been crazyville in Anchorage this week. Um, it started out on Friday when the assembly set a meeting for Monday, that'd be today when we're taping, and it and they didn't really say what the meeting was about. It was just going to be about COVID policy. So that was just a sort of a general thing that they kind of came up with COVID policy. So then um, on Sunday, I wrote a story saying, look at it, it's 19 hours before this COVID policy meeting of the, of the assembly. And they still haven't posted any documents about it. This is a, qualifies as a secret meeting. They don't want people there. It was obvious. Yep. Well, luckily a lot of people do read Must Read Alaska and were paying attention and they went down to the assembly meeting which is held in a small conference room in city hall which is not the normal place for it usually it's at the lusac library and usually they it's it's pretty well publicized in this case on the municipal website in the assembly section you could not really find this meeting unless you looked really hard it was buried in, in a couple of different places. They had to public put it in public notices, but they put it all the way at the bottom of the public notices. They buried it. 
and you couldn't find it in the normal places you look. So by the time they had their meeting today, John, they had uh, about um, 12 or 15 people from the public that were there in this tiny little conference room. And they, were, they very quickly laid on the table an ordinance that takes away the power of the mayor to have any kind of executive powers. Basically, nothing to see here. <laughs> nothing to see here. Basically what they're doing and, you, and I'll have a story up about this at Must Read Alaska. I did post the document. At noon, they posted the document, got my hands on it. I posted it as soon as I got it. I think I had a, a story up at, at 12.15, had a bunch of typographical errors in it, but man, I was gonna get that information out to the public. And so this, uh, this very, very long ordinance with a lot of whereases, whereas we're, you know, we're having a big meltdown here and whereas we are the most emotional uh, assembly and we're a bunch of communists, whereas um, all, it was just a whole bunch of stuff. Everyone in Anchorage must wear a mask in public. So if you're out in a, any public space, you have to wear a mask. Now, if you're out on a trail, there aren't people around, you don't have to wear a mask. But if you are in any store or business or uh, with another person in a car that's not a member of your own family, you have to wear a mask if you're older than two years old. This is a sweeping mask mandate. It is the most horrific thing I have seen in Anchorage for a long, long time since Mayor Berkowitz and since uh, acting Mayor Austin Quinn Davidson. So they they put it on the table. They, uh, they got uh, three people to support it. That's all you needed to do to put it on the agenda. Uh, it's Meg Zalatel's ordinance, and she is the one who actually is subject to recall in October, but you know, it's hard to say whether or not she will be recalled, because remember, Anchorage is now a liberal city. I mean, it's pretty darn liberal. So this thing is, uh, is insane. Uh, Zalatel didn't show up at the meeting. She phoned it in, and so did um, Pete Peterson, and so did Felix Rivera. And uh, so at the meeting, you, you found Forrest Dunbar, sitting there stoically behind his mask and Chris Constant and Suzanne LaFrance, the, the chair, Chris Constant, the vice chair. And they were there. And then, then the two members from Eagle River, the two conservatives were there. And at the beginning of the meeting, Suzanne LaFrance told everybody in the room to put on a mask. And she said, I think I see a few people who might need to put on masks and I would appreciate if you put on a mask. Well, let me tell you, Jamie Allard was and Crystal Kennedy, were, they were having nothing of this. They didn't put on a mask. And nobody who testified wore masks except for Gene, who always testifies. He, he testifies um, at every meeting and he always, um, he always wears a mask. But in general, everybody else didn't wear a mask and she couldn't enforce it because it's city property and that is controlled by the mayor and he does not believe in mandating masks. So the people who were there and their test, the public testimony um, was afterwards. Now, remember, they didn't pass this ordinance, but what they did do is they got it on the agenda for the 28th. And this is fast tracking. See, normally they would have to wait till the 28th to, to propose the agenda. And then what they would do is they'd have to wait two more weeks for a public hearing and a vote. Well, this way they had their fast little meeting on Monday so they could get it on next week's agenda so that they could have the public testimony and a vote. And John, what I'm really worried about, I am worried that you're going to have both sides down there and it is going to be absolute pandemonium. Oh, it's gonna be nuts. I think it's gonna be nuts. I think what they've done is they've they finally poked the beast. But um, lots of public testimony today and people were not happy. They were, uh, they were all very critical of this. And some of them were passionate. And uh, 
some, a couple of them said they read about it in Must Read Alaska. That's how they knew. And they're pretty offended that the assembly seemed so secretive. And the assembly just sat there. And I mean, with the exception of, of the ones from the Eagle River who are conservative, they, they sat there in their body language, pretty much said it all. They were, they were just pull, pulling away, folding their arms over their chests. Well, so, this, is, this is kind of what happens when uh, Forrest Dunbar loses and then thinks that his little crew thinks that he should be there as mayor making all the decisions. And then when mayor, the, the uh, new mayor doesn't make the decisions that Forrest makes, they, they uh, use any means necessary to inject their will into the situation. And, you know, <clears throat> something similar like this happened here at the borough uh, when Mayor Pierce first took over. It was very clear that uh, Kelly Cooper did not like anything. Uh, she was she was the assembly president at the time. She did not like anything the mayor was doing, and she didn't have enough votes to essentially do what the Anchorage Assembly is trying to do now. But she did put it on the ballot to move from a strong mayor to a weak mayor, essentially uh, city manager, former government, oh, and right. she tried to get rid of Charlie that way, and uh, it failed miserably, seventy thirty. But these people will do anything in their, these types of people will do anything in their power. We saw it with Trump, right? He came in guns blazing and, and Nancy Pelosi wants to, you know, evict She started impeachment the, right away. Like, <laughs> yeah, like two, two days after. Yeah. And that yep. one didn't work, so they started another one. And, and they are going to go after Mayor Bronson on every single thing. And I think they're trying to back him into a corner to, to uh, maybe not enforce a law that they circumvent from this uh uh new ordinance and and then try to kick him out as being a mayor for a recall for not enforcing the law uh, putting him in a tough position but i want to encourage conservatives to come out to that assembly meeting to be respectful um but to let your voice be heard because you have a situation where the assembly will if they're if they can do this they will strip the mayor of all his power yeah and he, yeah. he will basically be a uh, shake your hand, cut a ribbon, kiss a baby, kind of a mayor. Well, I want to play for our listeners uh, just a little section of some of the public testimony today. And this little section is coming from Mario Bird, who is an attorney here in town. He's a pretty well-known attorney, and he has been involved in some of the various e election kinds of issues. So he's he's made a, a, at least a subspecialty of elections and, and government matters. And he had some very interesting things to say about the separation of powers and the fact that they were uh, they were running roughshod over it and really setting themselves up for a couple of things. Let's take a listen here. Thank you, Chair Friends. My name is Mario Bird. I live and work as an attorney here in Anchorage. Um, I want to briefly address the legality of the separation of powers doctrine that was brought up earlier. Um, the Supreme Court has recently ruled on separation of powers in the context of the state versus recall Dunleavy election, and it held in that case that when it is alleged that there's a separation of powers, that's a viable cause for recall election. I don't want any more recalls. I, I would rather see our assembly members serve and fulfill their oaths and uphold the laws. What we have here in the municipal code is number one, a very clear delineation that the assembly has legislative powers. And number two, the mayor has executive powers. That's title two and title three. That follows from the Alaska statute, title 29, that lays out the same dichotomy of powers. 
very competent counsel. I'm not worried about that. But before the assembly takes the, the step of muddying the waters regarding separation of powers, it should really look at that case. And I'll give you the site. It's State versus Pete, uh, versus Recall Dunleavy, 491 Pacific 343, especially discussion at 365 through 371. It's a viable cause for recall as recently ruled by our Supreme Court when there's an alleged violation of separation of powers. I'd like the recalls to stop. Please do not violate the separation of powers found in Alaska statute and in the Muni Code. Thank you. So that's what uh, Mario Bird said to the, uh, to the assembly today. He just begged them to not go down this road because as you heard him say, this has, been, this has already been litigated and the court said, yeah, when you violate a separation of powers issue, yeah, you might be subject to a recall. But I think there's a bigger thing here. I think we're gonna, we're, we're gonna see this go to court. They're gonna do this on the 28th. And what I predict, John, is that they will, um, they'll, they'll lay it on the table on the 28th or the, they'll, they'll have it on the agenda. There will be public testimony that you're only allowed a little bit of public testimony for it. And then there'll be some public testimony at the beginning of the meeting. There will be protesters outside the building. There will be testimony at the end of the meeting. There's gonna be pandemonium. They'll pass it. The mayor will veto it. And then they will override the mayor's veto. And then there will be a lawsuit. That's my prediction. Well, I hope he waits a little bit to uh, veto it. I think he has he can wait until the next meeting to veto. At least it'll give him a little bit of traction to um, get more people involved. Because oftentimes it's a little you know a little too late for folks to show up. They don't get around to hearing about it until it's you know a meeting too late, six months too late, and so. Yeah. I really hope that the mayor engages his not only supporters, but people who maybe didn't vote for him, but don't want to see this kind of stuff happen in the city, their businesses closed down, you know, having to wear a mask. They're going to take this to the extreme. They're going to want to make you wear a mask in your own home. Eventually, they're going to want to force a vaccine upon every person, man, woman, and child in Anchorage. It will not stop. And so oh, um, stop. folks that are for freedom and for liberty, uh, doesn't matter what party you are affiliated with or not affiliated with. I want to encourage you to uh, get involved in a respectful way uh, during that assembly meeting. Well, I want to actually thank everybody who has who took the time away from their busy day today for this this very secretive meeting and uh, that that they did not want you to go to because they didn't publicize it well and they did not issue the documents in advance. And for everybody who went there, I, I just think they really deserve a round of applause. Do we have an applause button somewhere? <laughs> That's just perfect. I'm just, um, I just want to thank people for taking part in the public process. Now, you know, before we go, John, I want to talk about this situation on the base out here at J Bear. The commander has decided that there's a public health emergency and that everybody on the base needs to a mask up and of course stay out of places that are um, non where people are not vaccinated and not masked which would be anchorage basically in the valley and what's shocking about this is that 95 percent of the base is vaccinated 
they have and they have 100% compliance that they need to, to reach and they'll be reaching that compliance in the next few days. So if the vaccine works and if their masks work on, on base, why is it that now we have a public health emergency on our base and they're telling them to not go into the community because the community is infected? Well, that's a good question. I think it goes to, uh, you know, this, the, the way I look at it is very simply is that the seasonal flu vaccine only works for one season. And there's a lot of folks out there that tend to think that this is just the uh, seasonal flu or maybe a higher variant of it. And, you know, a seasonal flu vaccine that you took four years ago is not going to work today. And so they're get, they're, everyone's getting this vaccine, but you're seeing cases still go up in places where there's 95% vaccinated rate, which is a very high vaccinated rate. And that's when they'll start shoving the boosters down your throat. You're going to have to get booster A and B and C and D and, and all these other things. Yes, because yeah, it's just collect the whole set. It'll never be enough. Never be enough. No, that's true. And you know what I'm what I'm worried about is that there are a lot of people out there now who were not anti-vaxxers. Like I got a I got my my shot. Everybody should know that I got my shot back in January because you know I just feel like okay, I'm okay being a guinea pig. I'm not of childbearing age anymore. I'm I'm fine. So I, I got my shot, my second shot in February. And now I'm saying, you know, you're just pushing these boosters a little too hard. You're pushing the shots too hard and and they've only been out for nine months. And in Alaska, we've only had them out since the beginning, hardly since the beginning of March is when we started vaccinating here. And yet we really don't know how people will react to this. There's a lot we don't know. It's only been a few months, not been years. It's not been decades like we have with the, the other vaccines we use. It's been months and we have a lot of adverse reactions that are going on out there unreported. So I'm just a little bit concerned that the more they push, the more people are going to just say, you know, I, I'm not only not interested in this one, I'm becoming an anti-vaxxer for all of them. I don't trust you, the medical community at all anymore. And I'm not going to get these other ones either. And I think that's the danger that they're setting up with this intense push that they have. And of course, it's coming from the top. It's coming from President Biden. I think that what you'll, you'll see is you'll see people getting more, um, I don't know, different kinds of diseases that even the flu shot, if people say, boy, I sure don't trust them on that, uh, that COVID vaccine. And I'm not even gonna get my flu shot anymore. Just don't trust them anymore. Wow. Yeah. There's, yeah. And there's their strategy to get conservatives vaccinated is like the opposite of what I would do in any sort of playbook. It's, Absolutely. Uh, you know, if uh, it goes back to, you know, high school dating, if you want to date, if you're interested in somebody, pretend like you're not interested. That'd be cool. Them, and then, you got to and they are this whole idea of, of mandates and forcing it upon people that want freedom and liberty is going to have the opposite effect that they are trying to get. And again, I, I don't think if somebody wants to get a vaccine, great. I don't I could really care less. It's actually none of my business if they want to get a vaccine or not. It's the mandate that I will be adamantly against uh, until the day I die. Yeah. Well, everybody, we're running out of time. And for the rest of the week, just check out mustreadalaska.com. And then when you're, when you're there, you can sign up for the Must Read Alaska newsletter. Just drop your email uh, address in the little box there. And then you will get an amazing newsletter three times a week. And it'll get you all caught up on, on all the news that you care about if you're a conservative. Scott Levesque on the, on the board, thank you so much for producing this show. You uh, really make it all come together and we really appreciate you. And I hope you get a show out this week. I want to hear more from you on the Wednesday edition of Must Read Alaska. 
If you support Must Read Alaska, I appreciate you so much. You're the one who keeps this show run, running, keeps the website up and going, and keeps that newsletter going. Thank you, everybody. Until next week, we're going to be staying here strong against the liberal news media, and we're just signing off from somewhere in Alaska.